different again. <laughs> okay, today I have Kashel Kali on the podcast, and we are talking about DS, dominance and submission. This is a topic that we've never had before, and I was so excited to realize that I already had somebody in my life playing in this world. And so I'm going to let Kashel introduce herself, and then we're going to go through some questions like, what is it, and how do I do it, and why would you want to do it, and all of that. So hi, Kashel, tell hi. everybody about you. Oh gosh, what do you want to know? I'm Kashel. Who are you? Hmm. <laughs> I'm a goddess. Yeah. Yeah. And a fairy. Mm-hmm. And that's about all I know. Because it feels like right now who I am is growing and expanding so much that I would hate to limit myself with who that is. You also are a yoga teacher. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can do that. You have an apothecary. <laughs> you can uh yeah. Okay. Then green witch, aromatherapist. Mother, partner. Oh yeah. Okay. You're a lot of things. I am. Yeah. Thank you. And you're also like, and I don't know how long you have been in a, you have been a submissive. Mm. Okay. So can we like start talking about this? Like what, I think a lot of my listeners are going to be like, what the fuck is this? Right? Like who, why would anyone want to be controlled? Why would anybody want to like full-time have a relationship like this? And so I want you to be like, here is why, and here's what it is. And here's how we do it. And here's why you might want to do it. Okay. Okay. So I should just start at the beginning. Do it. Okay. Okay. (sighs) I would say, um, Gosh, I got out of a relationship and, um, and, and decided I would not be repeating these patterns anymore. And so I was celibate for about six months. I did a lot of um, internal stuff. And, uh, and then I discovered BDSM and I was like, oh, this is all the things <laughs> that I haven't been fulfilled with. Um, and so um, God, I don't know if I knew I would was submissive per se at that time. It was probably more of a lens of kink. Um, and so then I got to, I started playing basically in this arena of kink or BDSM. And I remember literally drawing a circle on my journal and then putting all these lines out from it. So every time I discovered something that I liked, mm-hmm. mostly liked, it wasn't a lot of dislikes. It was mostly the things I liked. I would put them on there and then figure out why. So, um, so what I did was actually use the arena for a mirror of self-growth and um, discovering a lot about myself at a time when I didn't know, <laughs> like, right. I was just not going to repeat this shit anymore. Yeah. Um, so give us more information about your page. There was a circle with all these lines mm-hmm. and, the re- and they were like things that you wanted to do or like reasons that you thought BDSM might be the answer. They would be things that I enjoyed experiencing. In your previous relationship. In a kink world that I was now in. Okay. Yeah. And so it would be like, why would I want to be spanked? Who would want to be hit? Why would I be, why would that turn me on? Why do I like that? Mm. Um, why would I want to be submissive? How does that feel? What does that feel like? I'm gosh, I'm trying to go back that far. I can't remember what a lot of the lines were. Um, I remember one of them being, oh gosh, okay. Submission's been a lot of different things for me. Um, so at the beginning, I realized, I remember I was driving in my car on Valentine's Day, like picking up food or something, probably for me and kids. And I realized that being submissive 
was allowing me an arena to fully exalt my people pleasing patterns. And within this arena in game, I could hardly lose because we knew what we knew what the expectations, that was the game. Yeah. And I thought, that's great. That's a great place to let that play or, or it's strengthening a pattern that I don't actually wish to carry. Yeah. Um, and so I realized that by exalting it in that arena, I wasn't doing it in other places where it was inappropriate with mm. my, with a, with a, with a teacher or a coach yeah. and not sexual in any way, just this energy of people pleasing and being liked and rehearsing conversations afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, um, Mm. yeah so when I say it's been a lot of different things that was some very beginning stuff that I started to realize um can I take people through that spiral for a minute yes. because I'm so glad that you brought that mm. up and I just learned about what we're calling it your because so lately I've really gotten into Orpheus Black I don't know if you've ever heard anything about him but he was on that sex chick podcast and so then I started delving into his world and he has this free online group where he talks about um, kink and BDSM and there's lots of shibari rope and mm-hmm. which is what I'm interested in. And so I was in this live um, call a couple of weeks ago. It was my kid was like having a baseball practice and I just sat in the car and had this call talking about being tied up. It was fantastic. And nobody knew but me. Um, and he said, you guys need to know your why. You need to know your because, like, I want to be tied up because. Yeah. And so I like took the opportunity to really feel into it after the call. And then I like wrote this whole thing out. I don't know, maybe I'll add it the podcast links, but it was like, you really have to get inside and say, why do I want to be tied up or Cashel's point? Like, why do I want to be spanked? So I'll go with tied up. Cause that was an easy one for me. And it was like, because it weirdly makes me feel safe Mm -hmm. because I like the feeling of the ropes on my wrists because I like feeling restrained why do I like being restrained because it allows me to release control and why do I want to release control because in my daily life I am in control of fucking everything that Mm -hmm. so you drop more and more and more in and then you say you know and then you can get really clear like because I like it when he tosses me around because I like feeling um the pressure of his body on mine right like you can keep sinking and sinking and I think a lot of times we say something like um I want to try xyz thing but there's not like a because it's just like because it sounds like it might be interesting <laughs> and then you get into the situation and you're like oh fuck this is not what I was thinking it's gonna be that's not what I want <laughs> has that been your experience at all that I would get into a situation decide it's not what I wanted well yeah or like <laughs> or why or why to go down the spiral absolutely. of your why or because absolutely I have to know the why's and in fact I was I was playing in the re, in the arena for the why's it just happened to be a really enjoyable arena <laughs> mm. and it showed me a lot of why's I may have never been shown another way because they were um I like to say this about the why's um what I notice about myself and what I perceive about other people is that sometimes the whys are based in trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a very healing environment for me as well. Um, and so, yeah, I absolutely had to know the whys of all the things. Mm-hmm. And as the, and as I understood the whys, 
the whys changed <laughs> as well. Some things I didn't need to do anymore, mm -hmm. or I really embraced in a different way, or um... <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's start with why would somebody want to be in a dominant slash submissive relationship? Mm -hmm. For me, it was partly, or maybe in big part, what you said because I was in control of everything, um, and I needed to not be. And, um, it's a, oh gosh, it's a trust. It's a level of trust that I had never experienced. I would say that once I was actually in a partnership, a DS partnership, um, I experienced trust for the first time ever, um, within intimacy. Uh, I didn't have a body trigger. I would have described it as at that time as I didn't have a body trigger for trust. So I have this trust model. I, I don't have this trust model. I agree to this trust model that of work of some of other famous people. I don't know if we can mention people on here. Yeah. Oh, is Brene Brown the um, yeah. raving the trust model? Okay. Um, and so I start applying that to everything. So as long as these were met, we can play any games that we agree to as long as these pillars are agreed upon and met. Um, and then about three months into that, I realized the mirror, it was, I didn't trust me. <laughs> and I would actually yeah. say until a solar plexus upgrade about three, within the last three to four months, I still didn't. Um, and so I realized I didn't have a body trigger. I work a lot with body triggers that I didn't have a body trigger for trust. And so submission allowed me that it allowed me to experience that and understand what it was because um, imagine the trust that one must have to fully surrender my body my mind, my emotions, um, some my decision making to 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 whatever degrees people agree on. Mm -hmm. um, that's a lot of trust, and that's a lot to hand someone. And what I okay, so once I start experiencing um, subspace, I can go back to that in a second. Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing, and once I start experiencing it more then I found out it was a thing and it's delicious might I add and I live for it although I, we'll go back to that as expansion and growth happens it changes um yeah there's this little yeah. hummingbird staring <laughs> yeah. at us through the window like what are you guys talking about it's lots of energy right <laughs> it is um I don't know so you're talking about like um, oh, the, subspace. the subspace so um and deliciousness yeah and mm -hmm. so once I realized that's what was happening and that it was a thing and like it's a, lots of people experience it what I also realized was that I had been giving away this power it takes a it takes a surrenderness for me to to sink into subspace mm -hmm. um to drop yeah. and so I realized I had been doing this all my life with people who never agreed to it mm. um, my first marriage I went and identified all these ways that I was surrendering and like, I don't know if I was experiencing subspace at that time and people don't want it. They didn't know they were getting it. We didn't know what we were doing. They never agreed to take it. It's a lot of power to hold. And, and I realized, fuck, I've been always doing this, just not safely. Yeah. Why not just find an agreeable, safe way to do it? Mm. If it feels so good. I mean, at a, at a most basic level, it just feels good. <laughs> like not just physically, but like, my atoms, my cells, my mind, it's, it's very grounded. It feels very grounded. Mm -hmm. 
it feels very soft and graceful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was the only subspace was the only access I had to those feelings. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I'm actually just realizing that right now. <laughs> Isn't it cool? Yeah. How it just uh, kind of can channel through. Mm-hmm. I want to pull you back and then attack this from a different angle. And that's how do you, how, how did you end up in this? Right. So like you had a relationship, you said, and it sounds like to me, like you weren't necessarily fulfilled sexually with it. And so in the next relationship, you were like, I want to explore submission. How does someone get into this space? Is it like a light, gentle, I mean, I feel like I know the answer because I'm getting into it right now, but is it like a light, gentle splashing in the water? Is it like a cannonballing in? Is it like, what was it for you at least? Of getting into subspace? Yeah. Um, Going like, I- It's like sinking. I want to find a a dog. Mm -hmm. The actual subspace is like melting. Mm -hmm. It's melting. Yeah. And it's, um, it's like, it's like if you pour water in a container and it'll just fill the container yeah. and flow within it and be completely malleable. And that's how you feel as a sub within your DS relationship and the container that y'all have built. But how did you find a dom and how did you become a sub? Okay. So give me some tactical stuff. All the fet life is how I found a dom. <laughs> um and how I found a partnership dom was through a lot of experimentation with people who weren't partners. Um, so I just started, I was having relationships. I use the term loosely, but everything's a relationship of, of some sort, sure. right? Um, with a lot of, I was meeting a lot of new people and I was engaging um, with new people in new ways. And I was going... I like this part. Mm-hmm. You're very available. And that's really important to me. Yeah. Um, you're my idea of what a Dom was actually even changed and molded. I started to realize a lot of people um, <clears throat> say they're a Dom and anybody can spank anybody. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's actually probably where I started. Like, Oh, getting dominated was very physical. And then I realized <clears throat> anybody can do that (laughs) I need something deeper um yeah Yeah. so I was doing all this experimenting and then I like lists so when I first left my relationship I made a list just the most ridiculous list of the most ideal partner down to like the accent that he might have and um and then after I don't know how long probably about eight I probably eight months or a year maybe probably about a year actually of experimenting and picking the pieces mm-hmm. it was like a full moon and I made a list mm-hmm. of the pieces and then about a week later I met my partner and he, <sighs> on FetLife and he checked all the boxes and he messaged me and um and then that was it and I I was already um I probably identifying as a sub I was probably identifying as a sensualist at that point mm-hmm. and I was only interested in subspace mm-hmm. not interested um and kink and those go together for me, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> is that tangible? It totally is. Yeah, because I think <laughs> it allows the listener to go like, okay, I'm kind of interested in this, obviously, because I'm listening to this podcast. Right. 
<clears throat> where does one start? Mm-hmm. And I love Cashel's idea of just like hop into fit life. <laughs> You'll have some different experiences. I'm a Scorpio. Maybe not everyone wants to just hop onto <laughs> fit life. Um, you I'm start, also a Scorpio. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> you could start, if you're really asking tangible ways, you could start like with what we've discussed, non-sexual acts. Communication is where I would start. If you already have a partner in the semi-restaurant, I would start with a, a communication about that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a partner, then I would start looking at what it is that you want and then look for it the same way you would look for any other partner. Yeah. Yeah. There are people on Tinder mm. that are into the DS life or some lighter version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, fit life's going to be like hardcore. So I remember I got in it and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then after a few like dozen emails of things, I was like, what the fuck is all this? I was like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. I'm scared. It's intense. But I can imagine at this point, maybe hopping back in and not feeling terrified. Like I did the first time. The first thing I noticed about that was, um, it seemed like some of the most honest, conversations mm. right out of the gate yeah because we're all already in agreement that we're doing weird stuff yeah. and so it has to be talked about and a lot of people I've met take it with a lot of reverence and a lot of people I've met don't yeah um, and so I was immediately getting something that I wanted which was really open honest conversations yeah from the start mm. Okay. I'm going to back us back up again because that was very like very tactical, very like how to go find your dom, which I think most people listening aren't going to be there. But I do think let's talk a little bit about why would you want to be a, why would you want to bring the S side of the D into your relationship? So you and I have both said, you know, we are, we're the dominant people with our kids with our families with our team members with our everyone right and so if you're feeling as a woman like I just want to fucking release all of the control Mm -hmm. this could be a space for you so I'd love to hear because she'll talk about why why the juiciness how how the sinking feeling maybe people listening have never experienced releasing fully or sinking in that juicy sinking feeling, um, or being held in a safe container, even though it feels a little edgy. Could you talk about some of those things? Yeah. Let's see. That was a lot to figure out where to start. Um, what I hear you asking is why would people want to submit to submission? (laughs) Exactly. Um, how can it be a releasing tool, especially for women? Well, gosh, you're releasing. So, I mean, this could go way far back into all the ways that we have had to hold the masculine space in the container um, over the history of time. It wasn't being held for us for all these various reasons and wounds I've played back and forth. And so um, what I can see in my life is that I've been managing in a masculine way always. Mm -hmm. And so this allowed me to really integrate my feminine like goddess being self Mm. um I maybe had never experienced in such a way before um because I was always running shit um so how does this look today for you (laughs) you know you go home and you've like you've done the momming or whatever you've done the apothecary goddess lady you've done your yoga classes you've gotten the groceries like you've done all these masculine things what does this look like 
when you go home and you sing. I don't do hardly any of the masculine things anymore. Oh, that's not, yeah, my days, that's not my day anymore. My, <laughs> but what was it? What, yeah. Cause that, okay, for re, then, that's the reality of, I would say 99%. Yeah. Okay. That's gonna okay. To okay. Okay. So at that time, mm-hmm. um, when I would say I was in that space for a year, like almost a hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. um, it meant I, I felt more relaxed when I did go to work, to do the things, mm-hmm. um, I felt, more empowered to do the things I felt more supported in doing the things because I it that part of me wasn't always on and taking over um and so gosh for that for us this looked like handing over oh man he homeschooled my kids and cooked all the meals and that and, and fed me a lot and um like physically and also like you have to eat and it's good for you to eat and um ways okay so there's so much all this. Um, I would have previously, I've identified as a lot of different things mm-hmm. uh, at different seasons. And one of those seasons would have been masochism. And um, so one of the ways I might treat myself in a masochistic way would be like to not eat mm-hmm. or to overeat or, you know, all these ways of controlling mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, myself <laughs> in like a torturous manner yeah so um, when I went home it felt like holy shit all these things are done and I just get to be mm-hmm. I just get to be and I'm walking back into my container where my partner actually is and I don't just I get to be and I get to soften even more mm-hmm. and it was a lot of just being and a lot less doing Mm. Mm, which feels very feminine masculine switch there Mm -hmm. um so tangibly he took on a lot of tasks um which allowed me to feel very free and flow it oh it it put me back in creation energy Mm -hmm. fuck I got to go to work and create and not just do 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 check the boxes stress about the things I got to create again and then that led to like expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm. It created a softness about my entire being and like a more relaxedness. And then when I was actually in his presence, that would just go even deeper. Um, it allowed me to have a relationship with my kids that was based more on connection and less on tasking mm-hmm. and doing and managing and controlling. And so it looked that way. It looked like um, oh, I was made to, this is maybe why this is on my list. Um, not made to, because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, um, it probably came about naturally and then became a thing that I was held to, was reading to my kids every night before bed. And they all shared a room at the time. Um, and that's actually something I always wanted to do. I wanted to be the family that read every night and played board games. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that. I cannot manage schedules for myself, let alone other people. I can now um, because I don't have near of one, near the one that I used to. Um, This structure that I was supposed to be creating for my kids, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do. I couldn't do it. It wasn't my role. I was filling it out of necessity to do so and probably not very well <laughs> yeah yeah it was yeah. Con- it was like very convoluted yeah. I can't even I didn't I didn't I didn't even want to do it for myself oh. and I'm doing and I've agreed to do it for three other humans and yeah. I'm and I'm and 
I guess I'm a boss at it, but I'm like, I'm operating on a lot of adrenaline and a lot of masculinity mm-hmm. um, and out of necessity. So, so I had to read to my kids every night and we read fantasy books like Dragon Rider mm-hmm. and like all these, which opened up like a creative part of my brain that I hadn't experienced in a while. And it was a bonding with my kids. I remember years of getting kids to bed that ended up in terror and screaming and <laughs> you know, I have just have nothing to give. And so my cup was so full that I could give to them in the way that I always had wanted to. Mm. And we played board games. We built, um, at Christmas, we built a whole gingerbread city. Mm. You know why? Because my partner, Dom was, he likes to control or whatever his, I won't speak for him and why and what he would do it. Um, but he made me get the stuff, you know, and then, um, which, I might've done on my own, but I never would have followed through. And then he set it up. He like, he like made us all go be entertained while he set it all up. He broke, you can't put kids to a gingerbread house. Like I just would have like, get, he, oh my gosh, he contained the chaos. He yeah. unwound the chaos. I would have just put it all out and it would have been madness and they would have <laughs> been fighting. And if we would have, I would have yelled and we would have given up. And, um, he took, he put it all in containers, all the jellies in the container, all these decorative pieces. Everyone had their own kit in front of them, you know, and when it was done, we glued it to poster board and we put Lego people on it. Cause we were really into Legos at the time. Another thing I was encouraged to do with my kids. I mean, I was made to connect with my kids, um, which I would say came easier because I wasn't, cause I, my cup was more full and, um, that was part of the things I, I was made to do. So for me, being a sub also includes, the, if it doesn't include, we're not doing this game, it includes um, doing the things, you're making me do the things that are good for me because yeah. I don't have the strength right now to do it because I've been holding this fucking space for everyone for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if you're not doming me in ways that are, are in my highest good for mm-hmm. my growth, then you're not doming me. Um, it very, when I met my partner, um, it became very apparent to me that, um, I very much enjoy being domed physically in like this mental space that you allow people into that's incredibly vulnerable. Um, and it, it's so much more than just physical, like sexual, mm-hmm. it's so not limited to sexuality. Um, I developed a closer relationship with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we, we played the board games and he didn't even know that he didn't know those were like dreams of mine. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to, I want to riff on this just a little because I had maybe the opposite experience happen yesterday. I had a team member. Um, we went to have breakfast yeah. together and she's like, I'm fucking exhausted. Like I have all, I, all these kids and all this work and I'm helping you with the business. And I'm also driving kids to and from school and I'm working till 11 o'clock at night and there's no space for me. There's no filling my cup there. And then my husband wants to have sex with me and I'm like, there's nothing left. So I, I'm like, this feels like a great answer. But then I also think about, um, your, your guy, your Dom, and he has to create the space to be able to create all these containers that support you and your kids. And so I am curious if a Dom is born a Dom, can you become a Dom? Is it like, 
one person of the population that is like very rare that could hold the space. What are your thoughts on this? I think yes to all of this. I think some people are born with um, an innate desire or gift to hold the container, which I would say is some equivalent language for doming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that that anyone could learn to do it if they wanted. I would say that probably people have the codes that just aren't unlocked mm. and they don't know it. I think there's any way to it that you want. Um, there's a second part of that question, apparently. Could you, well, I just said, are you born that way? Could um, you grow into this space? My partner, um, I'm speaking for him. What I've heard and seen is that he was probably I, I can't go back as far as to born as born I want to because I hear elementary stories that he tells me um where they so were cute yeah where they were like <laughs> little they were codes of it. and I he's see on it. the playground he's like you do this and you do this <laughs> and like, you come yeah. here <laughs> uh, he's like passing he's like I would wait out so I don't want to tell her stories I shouldn't tell the stories okay without permission I didn't get permission before I left um so I would venture to say that he was probably born with some innate yeah. um, codes to being drawn to, to that. Um, and um, what it feels like now, it feels like divine masculinity. Mm. Like what, what I used to interpret as a dom and still do in whatever ways, language feels like just fully embodying their divine masculinity because I think masculine identifying beings are born to hold the container Mm. so maybe so maybe the answer is yes yes the container holders are all born that way Mm -hmm. some of them remember it and some of them don't and some of them come to remembering it and some of them don't yeah that's what it feels like because I got to a point uh, gosh I'm not sure who wants to know um where I had become healed, I guess, enough that um, our dynamic and the way that was operating started to actually feel like it was infringing on my sovereignty. Whereas for the entire year leading up to that, it was helping to reinstill it. Yeah. It was helping me find it. Um, And so we had to change things and we didn't do that very gracefully. Um, We had also huge life changes go on also during the same time. Um, lifestyle changes. Uh, I won't go into all that. <laughs> um, it's nothing good or bad. They're great. I actually love them all. Um, and so where I'm at now, I would say a dom to me is an equivalent of someone who's embodying their divine masculine and just doing what they're born to do. It was hold the container. Mm-hmm. And there was a time, I believe, in our relationship um, around all this same time, just so many things were shifting at once mm-hmm. um, per inside ourselves and in our outer world. Um, oh, gosh, I forgot where I was going with that. What did I say? No, did I thought it was that? great. And I keep thinking it was good. I wanna, we need to do it. another podcast together on healing trauma through kink. Mm, yeah. And that's like a whole yeah. other yeah, thing, yeah. because I think 
that you're like, you're wanting to get into There's so that. much. Yes. And that's where you are like, you know, then I'm healed and then I can move forward. And then we renegotiate then changes, the yeah, DS yeah. relationship yeah. and it becomes what you are today with here's the, here's what I was trying to get at. Cause you spoke on it earlier, the power that it takes to, that it takes to hold the container, the patience that it takes to hold the container. I think it wasn't just me. It was also that he was starting to feel overwhelmed holding the container. Mm. Um, which was great because my, my needs of what that container were, were changing. Um, I see that like you have wings and you're like, I need to shake them out. Like I need, they're bigger, they're bigger now. And I'm ready to like, I need a new space. And if I can't communicate that with a Dom, you're not my Dom. Mm. So above all and anything, Mm -hmm. like the trust model and the sovereign communication have to be intact. Nothing else goes from there because of the shit that you're digging into probably in any intimate relationship maybe nothing should go from there but you're playing we're playing games that can be dangerous and maybe we all are or we all playing games where we get emotionally hurt I re- I recognize that I was playing games where I could get physically hurt mm-hmm. and really emotionally hurt mm-hmm. um and so these things have to be met yeah and and so so we should be able to communicate when my wings are growing, right? And you, yes. when you're, um, when you're growing tired of the, of holding this container, you're finding yourself unable to hold it anymore in this way. Not that you can't hold any container. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. And I, I still feel like we're a few layers higher than probably the average person okay. listening to this podcast <laughs> is probably I'm like, I've been in a relationship with the same person for a decade or two decades. And we have sex in two positions mm-hmm. and it's very vanilla and it's, I'm bored and I want more. And I don't even know how to have this conversation mm-hmm. that I want him to pull my hair and I want him to tie me up. And I want to not feel like I'm fucking in charge of telling him where to move next on the bed. <sighs> Right. Like, I think we can, we can speak to someone even at that level of like, how do you take that first step to being, to becoming more of a sub in your relationship, or maybe the relationship that you're in isn't necessarily going to be able to hold that. And like, kind of, here's how to look for that. I don't know. I don't want to like redo the whole podcast here, but I was just thinking like, how can we shift perspective back to probably someone that's more in that space yeah. than like we're playing dangerous games and we need to have uh-huh. good communication um, with each other so no one gets cut first of <laughs> all you have to have the conversation you just have to a lot of i statements will be great i feel this way i feel that um the, if this is going to be totally new and mind-blowing for your partner a lot of i statements we're not trying to project any blame for where you're at and if you tell um a man or a masculine defined being that you're bored with their sex, they might be offended by that, right? Um, so a lot of very gentle I statements might help open a conversation, but you have to have the conversation. You just yeah. have to. I would like to say that if you're scared of having this conversation, um, in my experience, um, gosh, he maybe really, really wants to have it. <laughs> <laughs> the chances that you're bored and they're not, are low it seems to me like mm. um and maybe not maybe you have someone who completely prefers um vanilla but this conversation will open that up right and that's okay there's no right or wrong in that um but yeah maybe it feels encouraging to hear you may get exactly what you want you might oh yeah i like that yeah and you could start small you could start little you could 
You could start with a task that's completely unrelated to sex. Mm -hmm. And I like that because once we've gotten to these places in our lives with ourselves and, and in our relationships, it might be hard to surrender in the bedroom if you're resentful for all the ways you have to be in control outside of it. It might be hard for someone to dom you in the bedroom if they feel emasculated in all the ways outside of it. Ooh, so like that. if you're in a relationship, it may be very hard to separate those two. So it might be easier to start with a non-sexual task. Give me task. a Give us a task. Yeah. Would, what you would, that like look to, like? would you like to give me a task today? <laughs> and they'll be like, what? <laughs> maybe that's a great way to open the conversation. I like that. Mm -hmm. it, it, maybe that's easier. Yeah. Like <laughs> then would you please pull my hair and call me a whore? <laughs> That's extreme. That's uh, fun. Yeah. What do you think about the woman that's listening to this and it's like, <sighs> I'm a feminist, like I believe this in empowerment for, for women. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. I, I did not rehearse this podcast, but I, I got caught up rehearsing a little and that's exactly what okay. came up. Someone's going to hear this and attack with the feminism and I hear it I hear it that's why I was led to think oh shit how is someone gonna interpret that um I feel more feminine and powerful than ever might I say mm -hmm. <laughs> um because of all these other reasons we've talked about that we've the whole mm. So if you want to ask me, I can't remember the things I heard myself saying and then heard the feedback. And okay, I, I'll ask you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's what I need The question I'm hearing is um, maybe an earlier version of me, maybe just a six-month-year-old version of me that is like, I'm a fucking badass. Mm -hmm. I'm in control. And that also is a problem. <laughs> and I want someone to be in, I want to hand over the control, at least in the bedroom, but I feel conflicted about this because I'm a feminist mm -hmm. and I am all about women empowerment. Why would I want to give my control over to a man? Like maybe that's one of the things that someone's thinking about. Yeah. Um, or how do I do it in a way that doesn't make me feel yucky yeah. or that I'm disempowering myself? Yeah. For starters, um, the biggest thing about empowerment for me is choice. So if you want it and it feels good and you're choosing it, then I'd say you're fully empowered in all your feminism mm. and if you're having these and you're brave enough to have these conversations and ask for what you want i don't know that my feminism has feminism has been squashed in any other uh, let me redo this um i have not been guided throughout my life to ask for what i need to speak up so this could be great empowerment just asking for what you need, identifying what you need, and then asking for it, right? Yeah, this is very much stepping into your power totally. and your feminism. Um, and other, and I, and I have, um, man, I've had it projected onto me very personally in the way that you're speaking about um, by with with women that I was intimate with, mm. uh huh, and they were triggered by it, mm. and um, and then they projected. A similar perception this is abu <laughs> abusive this is abusive even um that's a strong word to bring up maybe, you cut, maybe you cut that word out for this <laughs> podcast uh, well, and, and um, i didn't mean it as an attacking absolutely not. Oh, energy, I did not take that. 
more of an internal struggle. Cause I think as women, we really struggle with like, we have to support each other Mm -hmm. and we have to support the collective. And in order to do that, I have to stand in my own fucking power and who needs men. Right. Right. Well, okay. So the who needs men part is I, I don't think that's a great part of feminism. <laughs> I agree. I think that's a convoluted part. Of I fucking need men. I, need men. I love men. I am highly supported by men yeah, right now in my life in various ways that have nothing to do with sex. Yeah. Um, so I don't actually see that as a piece of feminism for me anyway. Mm. So um, if it is, I feel like it's convoluted. It's distorted. Um, and mm. so it comes back to if you want it and you're asking for it, that's quite empowering to me. Right. Right. I'm a grand old. Yeah. I, I love what you just said about, um, stepping into your, stepping into your power and asking for what you want, like verbally saying things it's out loud. For me, it is yep. for me. It's that's the that lesson that I'm currently was in. in that you have to ask for what you want. We will not go any further until you verbalize what you want. And, you're like, <laughs> and I literally couldn't speak. Um, and, and this, and this goes for conflict as well. Emotional conflict that we would have between the two of us. Cause yeah. this is a partnership. Um, I remember like, say my kids were the dads for the weekend and I could rest. And, oh, and so in that meant that a lot of times I would release like a lot of emotions I hadn't been able to, and that would cause like some um, static and some, um, and, and I literally couldn't speak for a day or a day and a half. And he, I'm going to cry. Um, he sat, he sat and he, um, and he just held space and presence with me in the same space quietly for a day and a half Mm. until I could speak what needed to be spoken, what was happening internally, what stories I was telling. Um, it was so beautiful. I cried because I'm crying right now because I can feel the release. I can, what's bringing me to tears right now is that I can feel how excruciating that was at that time. Mm. It was, it was, it was one of the hardest things I was asked to do. Say what you need, identify it and say it. I'll not even engage any further until you say it. Um, that was really powerful mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not such a thing anymore, but that was part of what I went through. Um, and so sexually asking for what you need. And then I'm referring to like emotional stuff. I keep going back to like the depths of it. Um, no, I think it's important to be incredibly empowering. Well, and I think most of us walk around and we are not, we don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that we want that. Right. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of being in a kink community or a DS relationship or whatever that is, you're looking for something deeper. You're not looking for vanilla sex where you have two positions for 20 years that you and your partner have. You're like, take me to the depth. The vulnerability. For me, it was the vulnerability. I, I needed that raw vulnerability and I needed to be able to share the depths of my inner workings Mm. with another person preferably a man because that's where I hadn't experienced it before and then know that I was safe and accepted mm. and that's why he gave me in those times <laughs> really it was beautiful. an acceptance I never experienced with a man yeah of any relationship of any dynamic um it's incredible that's I'm my glad you that, found it yeah um, yeah. Is that your little bottle? 
Oh, that was about asking for what you need. Yeah. yeah. Woo, that's my latest. And being domed into it. If you can't do it yourself, I'll make you. <laughs> Until you it's can. For your own good. Yeah. I guess that's a lot of what one of it was. Let me help you do this yeah. until you can do it for yourself. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And then let's find other things I can help you do. Because then there comes that turning point when I can do it for myself. And now you're just infringing on my sovereignty. Right. And so my feminism and my empowerment would be identifying that line mm-hmm. and speaking up about it. I've actually changed and now my needs are different. Now I'm stepping more into my power and more into my feminism, I, I feel. Yeah. And, and that you have- exudes into my life. It's not limited to my relationship. If anything, mm-hmm. my life is very dependent on my intimate relationships and what they look like because I carry that throughout. If they're out of line, it's hard mm. to, uh, my, I'm mastering more being able to have a small alignment, misalignment, and still be able to move forward with the things that are aligned mm. while this works out. Um, previously, that would crash the whole system. A mm. relationship misalignment would crash the whole system until it was realigned, even if in a lie way. Yeah. <laughs> like this still isn't what I need, but at least it's smooth again. Yeah. And now I can fakely go about the things that um, I love that. Cause that's exactly where my mind was going when you were mm-hmm. uh, kind of unraveling that was your intuition is so strong now and mm-hmm. that you can feel when that misalignment happens mm-hmm. and then instantly course correct. Like, oh babe, I've learned that lesson. Thank you so much for teaching me and thank you. I've learned it cross it off the list. Let's re, you know, uh-huh. like renegotiate the container that I can then learn new things. In. Yeah. Like teach me more, please. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Right. And the step into that. And not being great at that caused some roughness that didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And so I continue to get better at that part. <laughs> at speaking up when it's time and not when shit hits the fan and then going, that's because, you know, that's, that feels very masculine to me. I'm also learning to, um, I'm also learning that in my femininity emotions, I will not deny them. And that includes anger. And so now I'm learning how to like hold anger in a sacred way, which feels like another feminine aspect of me that I would like to step into. And had I not gotten to this point, I wouldn't be, doing what I'm doing now. Mm. That's cool. I love that. Okay. I feel like we have done a great job of covering the basic 101 of dominance and submission. Um, I have written down a few things that I'd love to come back to at some point, like um, healing trauma through a DS relationship or through kink and what that can look like. Um, And so if you guys are listening, if you have listened to all of this and you're still with us, and you have some things that you wish Cashel would have talked about, or like maybe something we didn't talk about. Maybe we didn't cover something in depth enough. Maybe you want us to come back and do a part two. Let us know. Uh, reach out mm-hmm. to me through all the different platforms. Feel free to reach out to Cashel. We'll tag her below. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll create something special that answers your questions. Um, and we'll be able to go a little bit deeper than this. That sound good? Sounds great to me. Sounds great to you. <laughs> great to me. Do you want to leave uh, leave the listeners with anything? Any last thoughts? There's like a message that comes through that speaks of like embracing yourself. And that's it. 
right. Embrace where you're at. <laughs> Keep learning, right? I love it. Okay, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.